realizing that trusting in God and having peace doesn't always mean everything is perfect. Everything looks the way it's supposed to look or I want it to look. Um, It doesn't mean that life is smooth. It means that there are bumps in the road, that things are going to be hard or can be hard. Um, Plans might change, but yet I will say, stay the course and trust in him and know that um, he's with me and guiding me every step of the way. Holy Wild Birth is a podcast embracing the reclamation of giving birth rooted in God's original design, undisturbed. Here, we share homebirth stories highlighting God's presence as the great midwife, as well as conversations about all aspects of a holistic, spirit-led childbearing year. From the perspectives of myself, traditional midwife Lauren Hall of Rooted in Eden Private Contract Association, and me, holistic doula and birth keeper Brooke Collier of Sister Birth. To choose a holy wild birth journey is to consecrate all your decisions unto the Lord. And to reclaim creation unadulterated by centuries of human attempts to control and improve upon what God has already called good. Please remember, birth is not a medical event, but a natural process. We are not your care providers, and this should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to Holy Wild Birth Podcast. Today, you will hear Sharon's birth story. She is a third-time home birth mama with a story of overcoming the voice of doubt and the nagging what-ifs. That discouraging lie of no way could I have one successful home birth, two successful home births, now three successful home births. Um, Surely a shoe will drop, right? But she walked through with her eyes focused on Jesus and having to surrender her plans to the Father and through it gleaning some very valuable lessons. I hope you find some encouragement in this story to do the same. As we dive into today's birth story, just a reminder that the choices and beliefs of the mamas sharing their stories here are as individual and varied as the storyteller herself and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or recommended actions of Lauren and or Brooke. Welcome to Holy Wild Birth. Today we have a really um, beautiful birth story to be sharing with you. I have um, my dear friend, uh, Sharon, and um, I actually had the honor of attending her last and third home birth, um, which was four months today ago, which is just precious. And she has that sweet baby attached to her. So you may hear some um, coos and and little chatter. and that's the baby that, that we're talking about today. So um, welcome, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So excited to be here and talking with you and getting to share this birth story with you again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am so excited to be able to um, share your stir- story with the world because it's such a, a beautiful one. Um, really so many beautiful uh, lessons in it. And so, um, yeah, where would you like to start? You want to start with sharing just a little bit of your, your birth history before getting to her birth? Uh, sure. That'd be great. Um, yeah. So I was pregnant with my first child in 2015. Um, we were due in September and, um, you know, I started out knowing right away I wanted a midwife, but not really knowing much about the birth world or, um, you know, home birth versus birthing center versus hospital birth and what that all entailed. And so I looked up a midwife on, um, what's that? ZocDoc. <laughs> and I found a midwife and she was connected to a very high intervention hospital. And I didn't really know that at the time. So I went to an appointment, an early appointment. I think I was like six weeks and just wanted to confirm pregnancy. And, um, 
and she handed me some brochures and talked about what their process is. And I was looking through the brochures and it's so funny because these are supposed to be their, you know, marketing to convince you to give birth there. And I saw their epidural rate in the brochures and their C-section rate and all of these things. And I thought, wait a minute, I don't want this. Like, <sighs> those are very high rates. Um, come to find out it was actually a, a hospital for high risk um, primarily ah. high risk mothers. Um, so that sent me down this path of, okay, I don't think I want to go back to this provider. Where, what do I want? Um, and I, so I started searching for birth centers and I lived in New York city at the time where there were not, and still really are not, um, a lot of freestanding birth centers, but there was one popular one connected to a hospital. So I thought, okay, this looks like a good option for me. And, um, I, you know, I'm a researcher by nature. So I started researching this birthing center and I found out that a lot of the, um, women who try to give birth there actually end up in the hospital because sometimes it's just for something like their water broke early or they went over 41 weeks. And other times it was just something like there weren't enough nurses on staff to staff the birthing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they had to give birth in L&D instead. So just just hearing that information to me, um, we even toured it and everything. But once I found out that you know, there was only three rooms for the birth center. So and it was, it's Manhattan is very popular area. I just thought there's no way um, I want to take this risk. So then I watched um, the business of being born. And um, I just said, okay, let's just look into home birth midwives. And so we started researching them and we found one and um, everyone thought I was crazy for choosing home birth, especially my first time. And um, home births weren't you know, it wasn't that long ago, but it's, I still feel like they've really picked up a little bit more since then. And so in, in 2015, I, it was kind of pretty uncommon, um, for, for at least in my, in my peer group and, and my community, there weren't a ton of home births. So, um, yeah, so I decided to just do it. And my husband was, you know, totally supportive, which I was really grateful for. And, we knew there was the risk of transfer and we just, you know, moved forward anyway. Um, and so I, I did have a home birth with my first and it was wonderful, but also really hard. And there were aspects of it that were definitely, um, I would say traumatic. I think it just being your first and not knowing what to expect and having some um, challenges along the way. And there were a lot of doubts that I had that I had to keep um, pushing away or dealing with. I think, I think especially in my first pregnancy, I I tried to, I tried the method of just pushing those thoughts aside instead of actually right. processing them and taking them on mm -hmm. a journey with me and getting to the end. Um, yeah, so that definitely led to not dealing with those fears. It, as well as I, you know, maybe should have or could have or what would have maybe been more beneficial for me. Um, but it was right. what I... It's all part of the journey. Exactly. It was I, the best I could with the information I had. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I did have him after 10 hours of labor. So it was a pretty short labor for for first time. But there was definitely some similar to Ada um, stop and go patterns in the beginning um, which, yeah, the first and the third were really similar in that ways. My water broke early and labor would start and then stop and then start and then stop. Um, and eventually it picked up enough that we, we got him out. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And then a few years later, we had our, th our second and I knew, of course, I wanted another home birth and had, this time I had the same midwife, but we also had um, another assistant midwife as well as a doula, as well as a photographer who was also a doula. Um, because by that point, I was a doula myself and had a lot more people in the birth community in my circle. Um, so it was a really right. great team. And um, that was a, a five-hour labor that was easy peasy, no start and stop, just started kept going pretty much. And, um, and he, yeah, it was very easy labor for the most part. 
and um, very different than my other other two labors, interestingly. Yeah. Um, but I did have some fears that time that were, you know, the first time around was like, so many, no, no one has home births their first time, you know, so many people, a lot of people were saying, well, maybe for your second, you know, maybe try that for your second labor, see how things go first. Um, and then the second time around, I thought, okay, well, I had one successful home birth and it was with my first. So what are the chances that I'm going to have another successful home birth? I just thought, you know, that it was too good to be true to have two, two great home births, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And, um, so then, yeah, so everything went great. And then the third time around, some of those same fears were, were there creeping in of, of, yeah. it's a different, um, it's a different birth and who knows what can happen and what are the chances of having three successful home births? And then the labor pattern with Ada was kind of similar to, my first with Miles and um, a lot of start and stop and kind of looking back, realizing that, you know, some of those fears still, you know, were not fully dealt with. Yeah, that came up a lot prenatally too. Yeah. You know, I remember having quite a few conversations around those doubts and fears. And how do you feel like you, you worked through those like, what was the key for you? Or did uh, you really, was it her birth that actually helped? <laughs> it was that, that yeah. um, you know, I, I see this in a, a lot of areas of my life where I have this, this strong doubt that I can do something. And I think it would really help me and be beneficial if I believed in myself before I did it. But I will say that I, I feel at least that I carried through with it, even though I, despite those doubts. So, you know, um, I think that, yeah, it would be helpful to say, okay, I know I can do this, so I'm gonna, um, but instead I say, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. What if something bad happens, but I keep walking forward and doing it. So at least there's that. The motion is there. Yeah. That's the, the definition of, you know, being brave, right? Like, or, you know, encourages that doing something afraid, like going forward with, and I mean, you did a lot of work. Don't, don't, um, discount yourself. I remember quite a few prenatals where you got a a little level of freedom, a little level of extra piece of just like talking it through, releasing that, um, and really letting the Lord just be a bomb to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just remembering, you know, I think I also just really accepted that, okay, if we do have to transfer for some reason, everything will still be okay. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. I will be okay. The baby will be okay. And we'll process what we need to process afterwards. Um, And having a good team, having you there, having my doula, Alyssa there, you know, knowing. Who was fabulous. Oh Oh, my goodness. I loved her. (laughs) Um. And, and my husband, and just knowing, you know, okay, I'm supported, I am safe, and, and you know, we, we will all make a good decision together, right? And so I, I really had to get to this place of trusting you, trusting Alyssa, trusting my husband that, you know, if I'm not in the, the right mindset to make a decision or, you know to, yeah, to make a call one way or another that you guys would make the right call for me um, and support me. And obviously I would be part of that, but when you're in labor land, you're not thinking through things the same way. So I think having such a good team that I trusted um, was important, but you were new to me. So learning, learning who you are and learning to trust you. And Alyssa was new to me. Right. My, my, midwife and and the birth people in my first and second birth I um had more time with and we had also moved to Florida since then so everything felt new um right new new location new people right um and the pregnancy felt different so yeah everything okay this is this is all different and new and I think that 
led to having more of those doubts of thinking, well, so different. So the last two were successful home births. What if that means this one won't be, you know, um, just really learning to trust you. And, and, um, I think when you finally, I think it took a while for me to just ask you like about your emergency protocols. And when we were able to go through that together and see your kit, that really helped me like, just like, okay, she's got this, like, everything's going to be okay. If, the, if something's wrong, she knows what to do, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah. 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 I think that that was a big thing. Cause it was this like, okay, now you had a, a, going from like the regulated midwife to a very traditional, more like, I trust you to walk through this. You're the decision maker. Like, I'm not the director of this. Yeah. You know, it, there was a lot of like, that's what you wanted, but it was also this like dance and pushback of like, this is very, this is new frontier, yeah. right? Yeah. Of taking that level of responsibility. Yeah. That it was like, well, but you still are going to, like, you're still a midwife, right? (laughs) (laughs) You still know. So, yeah. 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 Looking back, a lot of that was me not trusting myself to know what I was doing. Um, Right. Because if I had, then I think the trust in you would have followed. Like, okay, I know what I'm doing. She knows what she's doing. Got this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I, I could see a few times where it was like, well, you know what to do. Or like, what, what's your body saying? You'd be like, "What? tell me what to do. <laughs> like, I'm not going to. <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But you found that. So I guess tell us a little bit about her story specifically. I guess you can start from the, you know, wherever you would like to start in her specific story. Yeah, sure. Well, I always think that her story started, um, you know, Friday morning, I think it was, where I woke up with some contractions. And in my head, I was like, I'm just imagining this because actually she's never coming out because I'm 41 (laughs) and what, uh, six at that time. So I was like, I'm just... I'm the person who's pregnant for their entire life. And I, you know, like they're going to about me in, in the books about the lady who's pregnant for five years. Um, right. <laughs> so, you know, I know <laughs> way after, you know, 42 when she was born, it just felt like, especially for a third, like, come on, my body's done this. Why isn't it just happening? So, um, I had some contractions that early that morning and I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna expect anything because I just don't want to get my hopes up. Um, but I had had not even a cramp before that really. So, uh, yeah. So then I just started looking at my phone and, and realizing that they were actually like, somewhat consistent and the timing was somewhat consistent and they were every 10 minutes or so. Um, and they were starting to get more painful. So I actually, you know, attempted to bounce on the ball and it was so weird because when I would sit down or bounce, the contractions went away and then I would stand up and they would come back or I would lay down and they would come back. But when I like, when I sat, on the ball or sat, you know, leaning forward on the couch or the bed, they would go away. And I was like, I, am I imagining these are these, like I, and it was really like tricky for my mind. It felt like my body was playing tricks on me because I was already somewhat like these aren't real. And then, um, they would just, yeah, certain positions would literally stop the contractions for, for 40 minutes or more if I stayed in that position. So, um, that was confusing, and eventually I – they happened enough that I was like, okay, these are contractions. Things are happening. My family started getting up for breakfast, and um, my boys were a little bit crazy. Dad had been off for a week, and Mommy was going into labor, and they were just, you know, at each other's throats and kind of wild. And um, so we decided to go to the park. 
and try to get some energy out. And I figured the walking would be good for me. So we walked to this park that is nearby our house um, with our dog and my kids. And um, the boys brought their scooters to go on the skate park. There's a little skate park in that in that park. And um, I'm taking my almost three-year-old up this little ramp. They're small ramps that he can do. And as I'm walking down the ramp, after he scootered down it, I feel some warm water trickling down my leg that felt quite familiar from my first birth when my water broke um, before labor. And I just knew right away what it was. And I thought, okay, so my water broke, but my contractions have pretty much stopped. So let's see what that means. Um, you know, and, and literally in that moment, my husband comes running up to me and I'm like about to be like, my water broke. And he goes, we found ducklings. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so my kids were so excited to go see these ducklings. So I'm like walking over and I'm like, just so you know, my water broke. And he's like, what? Um, so we're looking at these ducklings while literally water is trickling down my legs. <laughs> like, just, so I'm like, um, and one of the ducklings gets caught in this brush, this overgrown brush. And the mom duckling gets scared of my kids. So she takes her other ducklings and leaves. And so of course my kids are like, daddy, save the duckling. And I'm like, yeah, save the duckling. I'm just in labor over here. Um, this is <laughs> It's like, of course, this is what's happening and this is, you know, the chaos of real life. So my husband takes his shoes off and wades into this little creek and rescues a duckling and my kids are freaking out. And of course, my contractions have completely stopped because my body is like, this is not a safe time to have a baby. <laughs> or in a park, in a public park, rescuing a duckling while your children are freaking out and yeah so we walk back and I'm pretty like discouraged at that point but also very excited that we saved the duckling um and everything was just like confusing so we get back home and you know the rest of the day um I think that if I even remember correctly that not much was happening I would have some contractions on and off my oldest one, who is so sweet and really wanted to be part of the labor and birth as much as possible, um, could not stop talking about every time I had a contraction. I'd say, Mommy, are you having a contraction now? Just keep breathing. Okay, are you? how long is it? How long has it been since the last one? And I don't know if you've ever had like talk to you and <laughs> while you're having a contraction, but it's very <laughs> um so it's really concentrate and just kind of get into that zone of yeah you know letting it, my body do what it needs to do um and so that happened on and off throughout the day and then I think I was on the phone with you and you told me to go to bed and I didn't want was or were you there did you you didn't come Friday right did I you? came pretty early because you sent me a picture of oh, yeah. uh, um, there was the scant meconium. Yes, that's right. And we wanted to check on the baby. Um, you- it was just that one time. There was no meconium after, but there was yeah. some, a little bit at that very beginning. It kept trickling and leaking a little bit, but it wasn't a ton and I was hydrating. But then there was meconium that one time I sent you a picture and we were like, yes. Mm-hmm. So you. Let's just check on the baby. Yeah, you asked me, do you want me to come check on the baby? And I said yes, because I hadn't noticed her movements. And I'm sure looking back. Yeah, that's right. Distracted from the boys and the duckling and all of the excitement. But I did say to you, like, you know, I I can't remember the last time I felt her move. And so we decided the Doppler and just you coming would be the, yeah, would, Mm -hmm. would make all of us feel a little better and so you came yeah she was perfect um and it was it was kind of it was early but it was late in the day if I remember correctly like we made you dinner and yeah I think it was it had been it was late later in the evening and I was about two hours away so when I got there I ended up just staying even though there wasn't a lot going on right I was like I kind of had that just like 
midwife gut feeling that as soon as you did really go into full labor, you would have this baby really quickly. Mm. So I was like, I don't want to leave and drive two hours to turn back around. Like it's obvious that there's some stuff going on. Right. And I won't make it back. So yeah. we just kind of, I just yeah, kind of hold up in your guest room. Evening. So it was like I was there, but I wasn't there. <laughs> Bed for you. Dinner. And we checked in the baby. And, you know, her heart rate was great. And everything seemed fine. But her position. Yeah, she was perfect. We were like, why? Where's the head? Why are there? And there were, you know, limbs in the front. So we knew she was posterior. So that was the only thing I was like, okay, is she breech? Is she transverse? Like we knew she, you know, you, you reassured me she wasn't transverse because. Yeah, she was oblique. But she was, yeah. And so um, I think her, like us having a hard time really identifying her position certainly added to my fears a little bit. Yeah. Um, because she, you know, my uterus was oblique, but we didn't really know that at the time. So, right, right. Yeah. So you went to bed. I, we, and I didn't want to go to bed. I was like, but, but my kids are asleep. So the contractions will pick up and let me just stay up. And you were like, no, you need to sleep. You need to rest. And I knew from experience and intuition that if I fell asleep, my contractions would stop. But it was still for sure the right decision to just go get the rest that I needed. And so that's what I did. Um, even though I didn't want to, I felt like a little toddler being like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to rest. <laughs> for my body, I don't want it. Um, but I did. And that was the only time you would have contractions was when you were laying down. Yeah. It's like something's working in this position. Yeah. To listen to your body. That's true. So I did have some contractions as I was falling asleep, but um, they went away or I slept through them. I don't know. Yeah. Probably went away. Um, and then I woke up early in the morning, the next morning, I think around five or six um, with the same really similar <clears throat> pattern that had happened the morning before of just like opening my eyes, laying in bed, feeling them come wave after wave, kind of being like, is this real? Am I imagining this? okay, this is real. I'm timing them. Um, let me get up and see what happens. And then once again, if I sat down or bounced on the ball, they would go away. But if I laid down, they were really strong. So that was interesting. Um, so we got up and we made the decision after everyone woke up, the boys were once again, a little crazy. So we decided, um, we had already asked my husband's mom to watch them that day thinking like whether we've had the baby already or having the baby or, you know, we haven't had the baby and nothing's happening. We just needed like a day um, from like a break from them. So she, she, my husband drove down, he, she lives an hour South of us. My husband drove the boys down to her and that was a really hard couple hours for me. Um, I didn't realize how much I needed his presence for this labor, um, until, until he was gone. And then, yeah, you were so, I mean, you were there and it was great having you. Um, but I just felt like, I think my body was just like, you can't have this baby without your husband here. So we're not going to do it. But the contractions were really spaced out at that point, but really intense. Um, they were short and spaced out, but super hard. So, and I'm sure mm -hmm. looking back now, that was probably her turning. Yeah. But at the time, you know, I just, I, I didn't know what was going on and I just really wanted my husband to be back. Um, so I kept calling him. He's like, I'm in traffic. I'm sorry. I was like, I just need to just get around the traffic. So somehow fly back. I just need you here. Yeah. So I, got, I, I was trying to rest and I eventually said I need to distract myself. So I think I got up and started baking muffins or something. Yeah. Um, and it, it just felt better. Like it was a little bit harder to stand, but I was like, you know what? I just need to distract myself. And that was good. Mm -hmm. um, and he came home and you um, checked on us and said, you know, maybe you guys should go for a walk, which we did. And it started raining and it was actually really nice. 
Florida, so it's hot all the time. So the rain feels good. We were walking in the rain a little bit. I got bit by a fire ant. <laughs> um, was, the ducks and fire ants. <laughs> it was like curb stepping, you know, and the fire ants, yeah. like, they build their mounds along the curbs. So of course, like that's what happened. But um, and we came back from our walk and we got in the pool. It was really cold. And we have this video where I'm like, I don't want to get in. My husband's like, come on, labor swim. You can do it. So I jumped in and actually that was so nice to swim. The the like lack of gravity um, in the pool every time I had a contraction just felt so nice. I wish our pool was a little warmer because I would have stayed in there longer. Um, yeah. But but even the, the future contractions I had in there felt so, so good. And and Aaron was finally home and the boys weren't there and it was just a really peaceful um, time of labor where like he and I were just very connected and we didn't have the distractions of the other kids and I, my body, I could tell my body was finally doing something. Um, and I remember yeah. at like three 45, I actually texted one of my best friends and I said, okay, things are picking up now. Um, and that was when I talked to Alyssa, I was texting with her, the doula and said like, Hey, things are kind of picking up. And she said, okay, I'm, I'm at a postpartum and I can leave anytime Just say the word and I will leave. Um, if I leave when I'm scheduled to leave, I'll be there at five 30. And I said, that should be plenty of time. Like it's three forty-five. you know, I feel like so clear minded and me being like the doula that I am, I was kind of judging yeah. by like, well, I'm not in transition yet. I'm thinking clearly. I'm able to have conversations. So there's no rush. And of course my body was like, this is going to be different. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. So I'm like, that should be fine. Just come when you're meet, when your appointment's over 530 is great. And she was like, okay, just let me know if you need me before that. She probably, I think she knew, but she was honoring what I said, you know? Right. So, um, so, and then it was a little bit after that, I remember starting to be anxious about the boys not being home mm-hmm. and I didn't want them to miss the birth because Miles really wanted to be there. And I said, I think we should call your mom and have have her bring the boys back. And I think everyone was a little bit like, are you sure that's a good idea? But I thought, I just felt like, yeah, because they were an hour away. So I thought by the time they get them in the car and get here, I think we should. And at that point, it was probably closer to five, I think, or a little yeah. five. Um, and they did. They headed right here. In the meantime, things picked up, and I was standing right next to my bed where I'm sitting now and still had my diaper on from my water leaking. And I remember we had this big mirror up on the other side of the room, and I remember just looking at myself in the mirror, and there was something really comforting about that. I I don't know what it was that was so comforting about seeing myself in labor, but... Yeah, I, I think I have to process that more. I'm curious if you have any thoughts about that. I don't know, just oh, I probably Yeah. My my only thought would be that it was kind of like your doula brain being able to go, Oh, this is labor. <laughs> like seeing it from the outside because there was still such a a struggle of like I don't know, is it gonna is are and we're gonna have this yeah. baby? You know, like there was just that whole dance of do we need to do anything to help the contractions get into a better pattern? Do we need to, you know, like, is this baby coming? And then maybe just seeing yourself from the outside going, oh, this does look like labor. Yeah, that's would be my biggest guess. I, but I, I think that's spot on. I mean, I think the labor pattern at that point was my, my contractions up until that very point where I was standing on the bed or next to the bed, my contractions were pretty short. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Like 25. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, okay, this baby's not coming anytime soon. And then they would space out. They were sometimes they were, um, you know, five minutes apart for a little while. And then, then I wouldn't have another one for 15, 20 minutes. And so I was like, there is no pattern here. What is going on? So I think you're right that looking in the mirror and seeing 
my body do what I've seen other women's bodies do in labor was very comforting. Yeah, because at that point you finally had switched over to like, you yeah. know, that, okay, and baby's coming now yes, <laughs> kind of yes. space. Yeah, and I remember my- I remember you saying, oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I remember you saying with those earlier part of the contractions, like you would say that it was as if they would start and she would move and they would stop. And I yes. remember thinking, oh, well, it's because these contractions are trying to move the baby, not push the baby, not engage the baby. And okay. right. but it, it was these short, really intense contractions. And you're like, I feel as soon as she moves, the contraction goes away. And I'm like, sounds like a, you know, like a good wise plan. <laughs> like it's doing yeah. something, but it wasn't totally. what it was normally, you know, it wasn't the normal doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, I remember, so when my second labor with Reed, my middle child, um, you know, he, we we were, we had such a great birth team and we all had a lot of chemistry. And so we were kind of just really hanging out. It was early labor, um, but my labor was short. So it was early labor, but he was still born like three hours later. Um, but right. he, but we were like, we had music on and we were dancing and it felt like it was like a party. And I remember my yeah. husband was making jokes because he's kind of a jokester. And he made a joke and I laughed. And then a few minutes later, he made a joke and I was like, it's not funny anymore. And that's when my doula was like, do you want to down? I think maybe you're yeah. like starting to head into transition. And like, maybe you should come lay on the bed. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. And I had a similar experience um, with Ada, except it wasn't that he was joking but he was like, let's put some music on. And he had put like kind of more upbeat dancing music. And I was like, this is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, I don't want this music anymore. It's too happy. <laughs> and like, I think where in my brain, I was like, okay, maybe something's actually happening here. Like, you know, and we put our worship labor, um, our worship music on for labor. And that felt more right. Like it was a little more, you know, calm and peaceful and slow. And it felt like that helped me get to this, like, okay, in, in labor, like a little bit more in labor land. Um, but I do feel, yeah. feel like it was really hard to get into the labor land this time. I, I, I just was very, um, aware of logistics, aware of, who was around. There was a lot of doula brain going on. Yeah, a little too much doula brain. Um, but I do remember. The curse of the birth worker. <laughs> getting out of. I do remember texting Alyssa, which this feels like such a doula thing to me, um, to text my doula saying, hey, I think I'm heading into transition, so you need to hurry. It was like um, so aware that my body was like slowly going into that place and – but yet still like, okay, I need to text her and make sure she knows to hurry up. Um, so I texted her and I remember it was raining out and I was like, oh, I don't want to – I don't want to rush her in the rain when she's driving from Tampa, but also like I don't want her to miss the birth. So I'm just going to give her a heads up. So I remember texting her and being like, hey, I think I'm heading into transition. Um, so just try to hurry. She's like, I'm, I'll be there soon. And um, you guys set up the tub around that point, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was setting up the pool while you were, you were laboring at the end of the bed. Yeah. Aaron went to go into the bathroom to do something. And I said, nope you need to come back here. You cannot walk away from me right now. And he was like, okay. And you were like, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. Um, I was like, I got it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah. He was trying to set up something to help me with the, the I think the hose yeah, connection. Exactly. And I couldn't get it off at first. And he came with it with a tool and I was like, it's, it's fine. I'll figure it out. Like just, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you, you took over that and he just, I just needed him near me. Like just, mm-hmm. I just needed him near me. And it, that was different from the last labor at least where I had, um, I just didn't, I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll set up the tub. I don't care. Um, this time for 
whatever reason, I was like, your presence is getting me through this. Like you need to be right next to me. Um, and I remember then suddenly the contractions were so long, so long that I felt like I wasn't getting a break, which was really similar to my first labor actually, where, you know, nothing was picking up. And then all of a sudden, um, I'm having like contractions that didn't actually dip down and give me that, that break that you kind of look forward to when you, you know, when you're and you're like, okay, I can get through, I can do anything for 60 seconds. And it's like, well, okay, but these aren't going away. (laughs) And so, um, I remember starting to cry, which I think was the first time I've cried in labor and just saying, I don't know if I could do this because at that point, even though I thought, okay, this probably is transition, I thought we still had hours to go. Um, and I think at that point it was probably like 530, 545. Yeah, 5, 530, right before Alyssa walked in. Um, I, I thought there's no way that I can, I can do this for another two hours or more, which thankfully I didn't have to. Um, you didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. You were very much at the end. <laughs> we're standing there in my diaper and leaning over the yoga ball on my bed. Like I was standing on the floor, but I was leaning on the ball and, um, and then Aliso came in at 545 exactly and, um, or maybe it's 5.30 exactly. I don't remember, but it was whenever she said she would be here. And we went to come do some, like, hip squeezes, which are, you know, classic, helping you through um, labor, especially with, like, I had so much back pain, so much back labor. My back was burning, and um, it didn't feel good. And it's so funny because that is exactly what happened in my in my second labor is my, my doula went to do hip squeezes. And um, I was like, no, it's, it's actually making the pain more intense. It was actually um, like making the burn felt more concentrated where the hip squeezes were happening. Yeah. My toddler trying to get into the room. Um, oh read yeah so i um, this is about when he came in (laughs) we're getting to his part in the story too (laughs) yeah so um those hip squeezes yeah they, they weren't they weren't working for me um, but Alyssa's just presence of encouragement and saying, like, you've got this, you're strong, you can do this, you're doing great. And then her encouragement to get in the tub was really, really helpful. Um, yeah. That I just wasn't, I was kind of frozen. I, I just was in pain and I was like, I I can't move. Um, and so I remember you guys being like, look, if you want to have this baby in the water, you're going to have to get in the water soon. And so I did eventually make my way over there into the water, and it felt so good. I was really happy that you guys encouraged me to get in. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then the rest is a bit of a blur to me. I labored I, I in the water for about a half an hour before she was born. Um, and I remember in the water, the photographer walked in while I was in the water and I was kind of bummed she didn't come earlier but I think it's just what you know everyone you were there and Aaron was there but but the but my doula the photographer and the boys we all really called to not I don't, I don't want to say too late but later than I think I would have wanted in my schedule brain um but I think right. it was what I needed too like just to have it be me and Aaron laboring alone. And yeah, that seems like it was you and Aaron. When you and Aaron got alone, that was when everything shifted. And I mean, we did the mile circuit and you did the pool, but there was a difference when it was just you and Aaron. Um, even right before you, you know, we had done the mile circuit and like sent you off. I was like, going, she really needs just her husband. Yeah. And so I like, I remember like secluding myself off to the bedroom to send you guys you know, on that, that third part of the 
mile circuit of going on the walk. And, you know, you just really thrived when it was just, even when he got home, like it wasn't that, you know, we, we were doing great, but when he got home, something shifted. Yes. And I remember taking that beautiful picture of you too. Like there was something that shifted in your continents of like, I just want my husband. Yeah. Just need that. Yeah. And I think that's where you really thrived. And then there was the doula part of like, and the, the mom planner of like, I want, want my kids here. I want the, you know, the doula here. I want the, the photographer here, but I don't know if I want to call the photographer too early. And right. There was that like algorithm in your head of like, well, if I call them now, they could get here too early, but if I don't call them, they might not miss, you know, and, yeah. and you were trying to figure. And I do remember when you were calling the boys and it was like, okay, let's just give them nearby, like have them come and eat in, in town instead of being an hour away. Right. And I think that was a good call because they ended up being just close yeah, they, enough to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think if I, if I could change anything about that birth, it would be that we got them there just five minutes earlier. Two minutes. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Just even a couple few minutes early. Yeah. I did. I did not they did not need to be there during my labor. Like I, my labor really needed to be a quiet, peaceful space. And I think that part of that is because, you know, I, I homeschool them and I am with them all day, every day. And I think my body just was like, I need break from taking care of others so I can do what I need yeah. to do. And, um, and I can think about, those fears and I can process them and I can have just the time and the space to, um, yeah, to, to do what I need to do without someone asking for a snack or asking, you know, fighting with their brother or whatever. And so then, but I, but I, my oldest really wanted to be there for the birth. So I was a little bummed that they, missed, yeah. that they missed it by what, like less than a like literally 30 seconds yeah, like literally like they were in the house I think coming through the front door when she came out yeah. it was just that he wasn't in the room <laughs> so I'm really happy they got to be there but we're yeah so going back a little bit I was in the tub photographer walked in and um I was trying to find a good position because the typical tub positions were just not working for me and I think I ended up kind of laying on my side a little bit um and I ended up pushing her out like that. I think I was kind of laying on my left side. And when I would have a contraction, I would kind of lean over the tub a little. Um, and I remember, you know, it was so intense and I just kept going in my head, going back and forth. Like, I think this is it. I think I'm actually giving birth. (laughs) Hope I don't have to be doing this for another hour or two you know like this just the whole labor felt like this tug of like is this really happening is this actually happening is this really labor and so I kind of kept that in my head even up until the point of pushing really um and I it was such a relief when I realized that my contractions felt better when I started to push that was actually right before the tub I remember I I, you were like oh this sounds different and I was like sounds like you're pushing yeah um, and it felt so much better. It still hurt, of course, but it just felt like, okay, we're in that space. Like, I'd be able to get transition. Transition was one contraction, and now I'm pushing. And when I felt her head, oh, my goodness, it took so much self-control to not just push her out right then. I felt like, you know, the ring of fire, they say, although it didn't really feel like that, but I just felt her head starting to emerge and and I, I cupped it with my hands. And I just remember thinking like, okay, we're at the end, but I don't want to tear. I need to just like not push with all my might like I want to do right now. And Aaron reminded me of the short, quick breaths. The um, and that actually helped me so much when he, he reminded me to do that because I really, really wanted to push her out right then and there. And I think just having some distraction, those short, quick breaths really helped me distract me 
during that waiting for that next contraction and feeling her head come a little bit, stretch me a little bit more and a little bit more. And just feeling that with my hands really helped me be like, okay, this is what's happening. Stretching, making space for her, more quick breaths. It's going to be over soon, you know, and then I think it was two contractions and her head was out and then her body just flew out with her head. Like, I don't think I just... It, you know, with Reed, his head came out and then I wait, had to wait for a whole other contraction. Um, but with Ada, she just flew right out. And yeah, she came right on him. Yeah. And she right into her hand. I mean, yeah. I don't even remember sitting up. Like, I guess my body just did that. I don't remember the whole like, because I think I sat up and turned a little. At least the pictures I was, thinking. yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't remember exactly. But. You were. She came. You. I mean, you caught her. So it was that into the water, and then you kind of just turned and had her on your chest. Yeah. And then we peeked and saw she was a girl, which is such a surprise and so fun. After two boys, we didn't know, you know, that she was a girl until she was born. So that was really fun and. I kind of had this feeling she was a girl towards the end of my pregnancy, but I didn't want to say it because I was like, I might be wrong. So um, I was really, yeah, that was really cool. And then literally right after that, the boys ran in and um, they got in their bathing suits and got in the tub with me, which was so special and so fun. And they both in the pictures, you can see they're like wide eyed and confused. Like, what did I just walk into? Um, but I loved, I loved that time of them being in the tub and me just sitting there and the, you know, they were feeling the cord. Are you still there? Okay. Hi. I don't don't know what happened. No worries. I had a uh, lost connection and then it came back. So I'll go, but the record should, should pick okay. up. But yeah, well, I was just saying um, that I loved having them in the tub with me for a little bit. Like that was just super fun when they got their bathing suits on and came to meet her and they got to feel the cord and touch her and, um, and Piper ran over to like give her some sniffs, our, our dog. And Piper has been there in the room with me. <laughs> For every single birth. So that was really special to just have her come right over and um, be my little dog doula. Yeah. And then, and then my placenta was not coming out. Um, And you were really awesome about that. Like zero rush, but also like maybe a position change could help, you know, just making some suggestions. I think that my I would probably just sit in a tub after my babies are born for like 12 hours if the water stays warm enough. Um, right. I'm like so relieved and so happy and just like, okay, I'm, I can just sit here now and stare at my baby. And you were like, well, we have to get the placenta out at some point. No rush, but maybe we can try moving a little. And that helped a lot, getting on my bed. Yeah. I remember you saying you were uncomfortable yeah. with it yeah. where it was. Like it was could, bothering you, but it was also like you weren't bleeding. So there wasn't a problem, but yeah. it was like, well, if you do want it out, you're going <laughs> to, you'll need to do something to pull it out. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And so I think that was after I got in my bed and I, it's funny. I've, I've seen and heard like stories of mothers instinctually just tugging on the cord a little, but you know, we also like discourage providers from doing that. So felt weird to me, but I was like, I think this is what I need to do. And, and sure enough, it came right out. So, um, yeah. I was really having your wisdom of just that encouragement of it's okay. If this is what you feel like you need to do, um, was really helpful. It's like you pulling your own hair, you know, like if your hair's like stuck in your shirt or something and you pull it right. out versus me going like and tugging it you know, like you are going to have the feedback, right? Like that's why I tell us like, you're going to have a feedback of whether it's attached or not. Whereas I don't have that internal body feedback, but like, we also knew it's like, it has separated. There was a, a, a separation gust, the cord has lengthened, like it's right there. That's why you're uncomfortable. Cause it's just sitting right there in your vaginal canal. So you can just pull that cord. And- yeah. And that was great. That was such a relief. Oh my goodness. 
Um, and then there wasn't a lot of bleeding, which is so interesting since that was one of my bigger fears in the pregnancy was hemorrhaging. And then there was almost less blood than we expected, right? Like, I don't know if it was very little blood. Very, very blood. Yeah. And looking back, I do think that there was some tension in my uterus and in my body. Mm -hmm. And that maybe was like keeping me from releasing the blood. Maybe similar to keeping me from releasing her when I right um you know just this letting go of like this can happen now and um yeah just letting my body do what it needs to do it's kind of like i was holding back a little bit yeah yeah and then i showered off quickly and then we got in the bathtub together the baby and i and that was a really sweet memory and really sweet pictures from the photographer of the boys went out and picked flowers and put them in the bathtub. So it was this like floral arrangement yeah. in the tub. So and I have pictures of Reed, like placing the flower right on Ada's face, of course. And um, yeah, that was really, really sweet. And we're really, I'm glad that you encouraged me to get in a tub because I, I hadn't ever thought of that before in my other births. And um I didn't realize how just nice and relaxing that would feel. So that was really nice. Yeah. Hello, sweetness. Now Ada is smiling at me, so I am just caring about the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. So what would you – I remember um, something along – like Miles had talked about – like when baby was going to come or why he wanted it to be a girl. And there was something about the months and the rain. And I don't remember what, what was that? What was that? Yeah. So we, you know, knew that she was due in April. Right. So this whole time we're telling him we're going to have a baby in April, but of course she came on the last day of April and she was also born um, at 6 15 PM. So it wasn't so far fetched for us to think, okay, this is possibly going to be a May 1st or May 2nd, maybe, right? Like when, when I, on April 29th and early on April 30th, when my contractions were kind of back and forth and, you know, not super consistent, we gave him a heads up because he was like, oh, we're having an April baby. And so we were like, just so you know, buddy, there is a chance that this baby's going to be born in May. So it might be a May baby. And we didn't know if it was a girl or boy, but Miles really wanted a little sister. And so he kept saying, like, I really hope it's an April girl (laughs) instead of a May boy. (laughs) And so we were like, well, a May girl or a May boy or an April girl or an April boy. You know, we just don't know. And so he, he really thrives on routine and structure and understanding what's happening next. So that's why we were giving him the heads up, like, Right. This is within the realm of possibility and just prepare yeah. yourself for that. Um, so he was really happy that she was born before midnight and she was a girl. So he, she was an April girl. Um, an April girl. I just remembered that piece. He, he was so excited about it. And I was like, and then, wasn't there something about the rain? Yeah. Like the well, fact that it had rained that day. He toyed with the idea of her middle name being Rain even before That's right. raining that day. And so... He, you know, he really latched on to like, it's raining and, you know, we can call her rain and, um, you know, that's not her middle name, but I do feel a connection to the rain. So we, yeah, Ada Jude, which, um, has special meaning. Just, I think the fact that I was worshiping so much throughout my labor, especially at the end there, um, I have like such, when I think about my, my labor, I have such a distinct um, memory of the the playlist that was on. And I remember you sent me the recording of when the time that she was born, when I was asking you exactly what time it was, you were like, well, I had, I had recorded on my phone so we can look at that recording. And I said, it's 6.15, baby's head is out or whatever it was you said. And um, you could hear 
good, good father playing in the background. And so it, it was yeah. called It's So Special. Like that was this song. Or no, it was um not Good, Good Father. It was um, Abide in Me was playing in the background when she was born. And then um, Good, Good Father was what we all sang after she was born for a little while when I was holding her. And yeah. I remember actually being in labor after I heard that this memory came back to me. Um, I was in labor and abide in, in me was playing and I was kind of singing it in my head. And I remember just thinking, okay, but don't abide in me anymore. Please come out. That <laughs> <laughs> only Jesus gets to abide now. <laughs> you are done abiding. Two weeks. I'm about to be no more. <laughs> um, but I just I thought. That Let me make funny. it clear that I am singing to Jesus, not you, child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so, so funny. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's funny. Ada means adorned, and Jude means praise. So we say that her name is adorned with a new praise um, because she's just, yeah, it just feels like she, she brought us into a new phase of life with three kids and having a girl and our first baby in Florida and kind of setting down roots here. It just felt like everything about this season felt new and different. And I wanted her name to reflect that a little bit. Um, so yeah, she's adorned with a new praise. Adorned with a new praise. Ah, such a good name. Such, so fitting. Yes, it is. So I know um, there's so many lessons in this birth story, um, you know, in the journey of of her Mm -hmm. um, coming, both as a mom, as a birth worker. you know, even in your journey with the Lord. So what would you, what are, if you could name, name them, like what, what did you, you know, glean from, yeah. from her birth and the transformation? Yeah. So we were talking um, about how all three births, I had some fears that came up and I think um, kind of, we mentioned this in the beginning, but just looking back, I, I see so much of, I'm going to stay the course. <laughs> I I don't know what's ahead. I have fears. Um, but realizing that trusting in God and having peace doesn't always mean everything is perfect. Everything looks the way it's supposed to look or I want it to look. Um, it doesn't mean that life is smooth. It means that there are bumps in the road, that things are going to be hard or can be hard. Um, plans might change, but yet I will say, stay the course and trust in him and know that, um, he's with me and guiding me every step of the way. And I think that looking back, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not sure I ever fully finished processing all of my fears, but I still chose to do the thing that felt hard and scary, knowing that, um, knowing that I trust in my God and I trust in my birth team and my family and knowing that, you know, it might not look the way I want it to, or it might not be perfect, or it might just be really hard, but I'm just going to, this is, this is the path that I prayed about and felt was right for me. So I'm going to stay on that path. And, um, I think that is a great life lesson for me in both birth, but also in, in homeschooling and in parenting and in all the decisions that I have to make um, for my family. Just remembering that even though it's hard and even though it doesn't always feel perfect, that, um, you know, staying the course that God has put me on is, is what's most important and that he is there with me. Um, and it's, Yeah. I think that's probably the lesson that I, I gleaned from her birth the most. Um, yeah. Love that. Love that. 
Well, I just am so thankful that you shared your story here and the lessons that you learned from it. Um, is there anything you would like to leave the, with the listeners or would you like to pray us out or I can, if you'd like? Oh, put me on the spot here. Um, I think just, you know, remembering that birth works and that it's a journey that we, um, we go on and, and when we trust in ourselves and trust in our, our God, that, um, we can do so much more than we realize we can do. And he's with us through every step of the way. And that, yeah, just connecting with your baby. I think that really helped me a lot too. Um, I would love for you to, for you to pray us out, Lauren. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet Jesus, King Jesus, we thank you. I thank you for the birth of Ada and, um, and the transformation in Sharon that she got to walk through um, just courageous trust in you and all of the lessons that you uh, brought to her through mothering and birthing. And Lord, I just ask that this story would be encouraging to our listeners that um, they would be able to pick up just precious gold nuggets um, to encourage them and lift them up and keep their eyes upon you when things maybe aren't exactly what they wanted, um, but that you just still have a glorious and beautiful plan. Um, and so I just thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lauren. This was so nice. Thank you. So fun to be able to practice with you. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing and, um, we'll talk to Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll be back and join us every week for each new episode. Please be sure to subscribe and share. Get the word out there. Thank you.